welcome, welcome, guys. We are back for another episode of The Lock-In. I'm already laughing. Our guest this week is going to be absolutely fantastic, I am sure. First of all, though, I am joined by my great friend, Dara O'Carney. Dara, welcome. Thank you very much, David. Delighted to be here. I think this is going to be an interesting episode because we're in three different time zones. So we're going to get people at three different parts of their day. I'm literally right out of bed. Uh, you're up a while and our guest is at the end of his day. He is indeed. Well, his name is Rob Campbell. He is the Australian mixed game specialist who probably rose to the most prominence in his career a couple of years ago when he managed to win the WSOP Player of the Year. Astonishing performance. Uh, pipping our good pal Daniel Negranu uh, in slightly unusual fashion. We talked about that on the show with him. Rob, back. Welcome back. Please, please come join us now and give us some funny because you've been making us laugh off camera for the last good while. <laughs> or don't oh, yes, say so, nothing at all, Rob, no, and, no, and, and reveal no, that maybe no, there's a time lag. I, 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 I was definitely, I was fine. I just kept on reading. I'm on the Zoom meeting and it keeps on saying, connection is unstable. Connection is unstable. I, I didn't know. Should I, should I just start talking now? Was David still going with the introduction? You know, maybe Dara chimed in with something like maybe he's like, I've just woken up. You know, I didn't know what was happening. So I just wanted to make sure um, I'm here now, guys. I am at the end of my day, but I'm feeling pretty good. I just had a coffee. I don't drink many coffees. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Dara, do you drink many coffees? I drink many, many coffees. Yeah. I've already had two coffees today. Two strong ones? Pretty strong. Yeah. My wife is French. Right. So she doesn't leave me coffee. Oh, I've been going to the fantastic French restaurant actually in uh, Melbourne. I just want to give them a plug. I'm not it. Um, this is not a paid partnership, <laughs> um, but there's a great French restaurant in uh, South Yarra in Melbourne called Francois, and it's the first time I've ever had snails in my life. Great. And um, what else do I have? French fries. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what you have there. Not, not really French though. <laughs> what French fries aren't French, you reckon? No, they're Belgian. Really? Yeah, this is what my wife tells me. Um, yeah, they're definitely Belgian. I've, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel like that you wouldn't get that through many French people. They wouldn't be thrilled for you. To, I mean, that's it's called French fries. They're called like, not like, would you go so far as to say maybe they're Flemish, so they're like shared, or would you just be absolutely no Belgian? Yeah, no, I presume it's the French part of Belgium. So sort of right. francophone, but not actually French. Okay, for All our right. usual listeners, welcome to the shittest ever episode of No Reservations. <laughs> is that what the program? I thought it was. Right now. I, I mean, thought the fairness, show was called the Lock In. Yeah, in fairness to Rob, like we we have we believe two viewers in Melbourne, so he can go to that restaurant now and tell them that he's uh, he's 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 given them their plug. Well, look, I haven't been briefed on what we were supposed to talk about, so I just wanted to like make sure my friends were happy. Um, <laughs> Also, I want to say that I've been going to the Easy Mart across the road from my building. I've quit 7-Eleven. I'm done. Also, the Starbucks, because I've gone there multiple times, right? And I keep on saying, hey, can you put my stuff in a bag? And the last two times, it wasn't in a bag. And I had, just hear this, Dara, right? So I got, if you ordered this, what do you think should happen at a Starbucks? One muffin, right? One focaccia, you know, which is a sandwich, and a tea, like for takeaway. Would you expect that to be in a bag? No. You've ruined the bit. <laughs> I, 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 I'll have a go. Yeah, I'd expect that to be in a bag. Oh, a bag. oh, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, basically, I've been putting it in a bag and then I put the berries in there as well. So it's been good. Um, 
yeah, that was just Rob, my day. That's Rob, we, were, we, we, we spoke before the show began mm. about how uh, Dara and I, you, you qualified us as Irish funny and poker funny, but you're funny mm. funny, except for that story, i got to say. I, I don't think you quite yeah, look, the punchline. Some of the, stories, <laughs> some of the stories are good and some of them are bad. You can't win them all. But um, I, have, I have been seeing some pretty funny people lately, like proper funny, because we just had Melbourne International Comedy Festival. All right. So. Um, Sorry, that's then, the, that's the sound in the background of my script being shredded because clearly this is just gone. <laughs> We're just going to talk about Melbourne things first. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, but this is serious. Like this is a big international event, right? Like Melbourne yeah. International Comedy Festival. Um, I saw Ross Noble. You guys surely know him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He was so funny. I saw him twice. Mm-hmm. I can already see the, mo- the 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 YouTube comments on this on this episode. It's going to be. <laughs> Best episode ever from Melbourne, Tommy. Brilliant episode from Melbourne, Andy. And then it's just going to be a sea of like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. This is what one of the comedians actually said was, it's the number one comedy festival in the world this year, right? Because, you know, Endenburg. <laughs> well, that's a funny thing too. I've been calling it Endenburg. My friend corrected me last week. Yeah, I've been saying Endenburg. I was like, Man, I wish I could go to Endenburg Comedy Festival. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I go Endenburg, and he's like, "Nah, look, it's Endenburgh." And I'm like, "I had no idea. Like my whole life, I was even doing comedy when I was 18, saying one day I wish I could go to Endenburg. It's not the case." Um, but basically, I went to a gig, and one of the gigs was, "What would you do in this situation?" So we've all just had a quick drink before we go into the comedy, and my friend who just done his ACL like one week before starts falling forward. He drops his beer and I was like, Oh no, a nine thirty hero. And uh, then he starts lunging forward and his knee hits the ground and then his head hits the ground. Ooh. Ooh, that's rough. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. I'm, I'm dragging us back. I'm dragging us back, Daryl. Okay. We're going to try and get through this uh, okay. hour and, and not make it two hours. Take control, David. First topic up, High Stakes Pro and friend of the show, it must be said, Patrick Leonard, tweeted in the wee hours of this morning. Hey, Poker Stars, I think there's a chance you added 30 points for my 13th place in 1K tournament, which shouldn't count because I bubbled. I don't want to win undeservingly, even though second gets zero. Is Zappa, that was his uh, sort of opponent in the run-in, the rightful winner? I want him to win if he is the rightful winner, but I think this may have happened he then posted a screenshot basically showing that there was only a 20 point gap. And of course he, he made the, the reference to 30 points. Now I got to say, literally as I'm, I, I'm actually grateful you now went on some weird tangent that I wasn't really listening to. I'm going to be honest, Rob, because it gave me That's a spare fine. moment to go onto Twitter and find out that right now, this very minute, as we are recording it, uh, Patrick Leonard has taken to Twitter to reveal that in fact, yes, there was actually a big miscalculation in the way they did the scoring by Poker Stars uh, mm-hmm. for the Scoop leaderboard. Um, he actually was 90 points short, so there was a, a bigger error in there somewhere. Uh, more will be revealed, I'm sure, on that. Now, it, it sort of creates a weird situation, very similar to one you're very familiar with, Rob, which is that from Patrick's point of view, he would have approached the last day and maybe even the last couple of days completely differently had he known he had to catch mm. people. But in fact, it's actually uh, you know ended up in a spot where this guy Zappa, a Russian player, um, ha- has pipped him by the scoreboard. Um, it's really frustrating, obviously, when you don't know what you're going for on the last day, as you know only too well. Well, can you tell us about your famous story of this nature and maybe how you could sympathize with with these people? 
Patrick, Patrick Lemonade. I mean, Leonard, Len, Patrick Leonard. Um, I actually know that guy. Like, I'm not a big Twitterer. I, I, I mean, you know, sometimes I switch, but I recently unfollowed Patrick um, because he tweets so much. Just wanted to just put that out there. Like, I find there's a few guys, if you, they tweet so much, you got to unfollow them and you still see them in your feed a ton. So that's just a bit of feedback for anyone who's a bit tired of poker Twitter. Take that handy hip, um, bit of life advice. No offense to Patrick. I'm sure he's a lovely fellow. So right, so the, the actual going? question. <laughs> um, what should Patrick do in this situation? Look, or just I how think... much do you sympathize with that scenario? Obviously, you're kind of the Zappa in that situation. You sort of found out when you were like your plane was landing in a different country that you'd actually pipped Negranu in the end. But he, of course, would have approached the last days differently for that reason. Um, so Zappa won, right? Correct. Very lost. Right. Yeah, I mean, and Patrick was announced the winner. Patrick was announced the winner and he spotted what he thought was a different clerical error on Star's part. So alerted them to do a recount for that reason, which actually has now alerted them to a bigger clerical error that they've made. Oh, gee, what a, I mean, without knowing all the details, first of all, you've got to say absolutely kudos to Patrick Leonard. Right, that's a real stand-up guy and you've got to, you've got to really respect a man who's going to go and do that sort of thing. Or you might even refollow him on Twitter. He doesn't, he doesn't oh. need to refollow him, David. Yes, yeah, I, I will, actually. I'll do it right now. <laughs> so, so Patrick Leonard, 25K worst off. God nah, look, I just followed him. Bets, he, he's he's even got to see the, this. The Rob Campbell follow. Okay, that's good. But he did. And uh, he, he's got a... But, you know, I like, I like him even more now. I mean, I did not like him. I, I was, you know, neutral. But now I'm a big fan. Um, what would I say to Patrick Leonard? Look, mate. It's just, to be honest, it's just one of those shit things, you know, like it's sort of like a referee decision. You can't say, oh, I lost the World Cup because of a referee decision. Sometimes these things happen. That's how I sort of would have thought about it. Like, of course, you feel really hard done by, like if you found out, um, you know, you would have changed and you could have done this and you could have done that. But the reality is everyone would have played differently. Yeah. Like I remember I got, I don't know if I said this last time, but I don't want to name any names. But I mean, it's kind of easy to guess because it's like could be only one person. But <laughs> when I uh, was declared the winner, someone said to me, they were like, you know, it was such a schmozzle. Um, and we came, you know, we should all, we should be joint winners. Okay. And, um, you know, because we all would have played differently. And I just said, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't really say like that, but that's really what I was saying. Like, nah. like I'm the actual winner here. Yeah, like you can't because I, I had a, I would have been completely different too, right? Like, um, everyone's going to be different, and that's the thing. How can you retrospectively say it? I mean, it's like kind of like uh, VAR since they brought that into football. I mean, soccer, whatever you want to call it, depending on where you are in the world. But like that changes a big part of the game. Um, you know, certainly like can really change huge, huge results all the time. So I don't see like, and players don't like leave, like, you know, you could win or you could lose a game and that could change someone's whole career, right? A coach could end up being fired because of that loss. Players could lose their jobs. Whole staffs could be changed. Maybe teams could be relegated. Who knows? And no one ever turns around and says, oh yeah, well, it was that one thing. Like, 
remember these tournament series, it's like thousands, perhaps even millions of decisions. Like just because a few at the end, you know, could have been a bit different. You can't isolate and like blame or change. It's just one of those things. And I, I do think um, if they should be corrected. I'm, I'm for VAR, I guess, if you will, which is what we're talking about in this case. Um, like stars have gone back and uh, retrospectively changed the scoring. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm talking too long and this can't possibly be interesting. No, 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 but it's a wonderful opportunity for us to actually coincidentally speak to the one person who's probably run through all the permutations and ways in which and angles in which you could even interpret this whole situation. It's great to have you on to, to get that perspective. Mm. Turning back to the sportsmanship side of it, Derek, because I think that's one thing that really shines through here, regardless of money won and outcomes and whatnot. You come from the running world and the running world, while obviously there are you know, running cheats and they unfortunately get way too much of the press. It is a very honourable space and there are a number of famous examples of uh, really good sportsmanship in, in that world. And it feels like Patrick's done something like that. Yeah, I think, I, I, I always think there is a contrast between my former world, the running world and poker world. Now, that's not to say that everybody in poker is a cheat and everybody in running isn't. Obviously, there are some very high profile cheats in running too but the way the the running community treats them is very very different from poker in poker a lot of the time it's just sort of brushed under the under the carpet or um but in running you know you 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 are a total persona non gratis once you're once you're exposed i think it's maybe significant too that patrick does come from a sporting background as well he played football at a pretty high level um and he's still very passionate about football i think in poker you do often see that people can view the, the same thing very differently. Some people kind of view it as a sport and not just in the sense of their approach to it, but also the, 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 the ethics around it. Other people see it just purely as a maximize your EV in every single spot, uh, almost like an investment. And that can lead to sort of like shady practices where people think, well, this is going to make more money for me, so I'm going to do it. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's, that's something as well. You do see a lot of people in poker who come from a sporting background because I think that sort of approach to something like poker, you know, ver very disciplined, um, focusing on what you can control yourself, all the mindset stuff that top class sports people tend to have translates very well into poker. Um, so I, th I, I do think there's like a cultural clash within poker sometimes between the people who do see it as a sport and everybody has to, uh, you know, be sporting and act fair and the people who are just sort of like well you know we'd all do it if we if we, if we could get away with it yeah well said I, I i suppose you know on behalf of everyone on this show a tip of the cap to you patrick if you're out there um I, yeah I tremendously sporting by patrick it has to be said i mean he really deserves all the credit for this um it's an it's an example of of it's it's, it's a, he's a genuine role model um and he has been you know for as long as he's become a public figure Absolutely. Actually, he's actually just messaged me uh, a little quote. So I suppose, I, again, it's all happening in real time. It's unusual for this show, but I may as well read it. He said, we both went 100% at this. Trust me, I wanted to win so bad. I would have bluffed my mum, fist pump, one-outered my dad. But if I want to win, I want to win fairly. So I, I guess that really does sort of sum it up and, and, and fair play to him on all of that. We come now to, I suppose, the other scoop story that, you know, caught some headlines. Uh, I'm just writing Patrick a tweet right now, actually, uh, Dara. And, um, it's good. I'm just going to write him. Just, you are a good person, Patrick. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. that's and and what do you think? Smiley, do you think smiley face or not smiley face? Smiley face might seem sarcastic. Okay. So just a little smiley face. Oh, no, no, no smiley face. No smiley face. Just straight. No smile. Okay. Yeah. Straight. Let's go. No, I didn't do any punctuation. Good. Right. Yeah. No, there we go. Confuse the situation. Okay. Moving on. The other great story this week was that of our good friend, Fintan Hand, fellow Irishman, who had a phenomenal result in the 5200 PKO last. I also week. had an incident with him, too. Okay. I'll Point tell you down. What tell down. Tell down. Tell down. Somebody turned So this is serious. Okay, well, we will come to it. So after running like God on the Thursday night, Finton ran up a huge stack and made the final table three of nine. It was a stack final table with limitless Bowie effects. That's Andy Wilson, Thomas Mulocker Mm -hmm. and Jareth East. They were all in attendance. Finton eliminated Malinowski early doors and then did a bit of laddering, fell right back, ended up really short with three left, but then beasted back a couple of strokes of good fortune in there as well to ultimately win heads up for 232k literally six seconds wow. before the power in his building went out uh while wow. drama it meant that we watching it on stream couldn't actually watch the very final hands we had to switch over to the poker stars channel to watch it there but we did get to see finton win in the end firstly dara we have known finton since he was a poker dealer we followed his progress as a sit and go grinder we celebrated his early adoption to Twitch with an interview with him on, I think, our second or third ever episode of The Chip Race back in 2015. Since then, he has grown his audience. He has made the final table of the Irish Open, which you commentated on. He has been signed by Poker Stars in 2017, and he's now one of the top three or four Twitchers out there in poker. What did you make of this phenomenal result? Um, first of all, you're, you, you're right. We have followed him f- from the beginning, and... Uh, Finton is a is, is a guy who sort of got there just to sheer graft. He's he's really really worked hard on the Twitch. I remember when I suggested to you during our first season we should get on Finton Hand, who we knew through Kevin Colleen, uh, his best friend, um, who we were staking at the time, because he's he's getting big on Twitch. Your your exact words were, "What is Twitch?" It, so yeah. so it was quite early days in Twitch, um, at least for poker Twitch. Uh, his it, it's been incredible to see his ascent. He he rose the the he, he rose to the ranks on Twitch very very quickly. It's fair to be said he, he he did establish himself very quickly. But like a lot of the top poker Twitchers, his poker game probably wasn't taken too seriously. The, 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 there used to be this view that if you you could do one or the other, you could be a top poker Twitcher or you could be a top poker player, but not both, um, because the Twitch thing was so uh, so intensive. But we've actually seen that change in recent in in maybe the last eighteen months. I don't know whether it's a product of lockdown, meaning everybody has more time to spend at home uh, with the Solivers or getting coaching. But we have seen players like Finton actually raise their game up to the level where now Finton is a genuinely top-class player. The same is true of Kevin Martin, who we had on the show recently. And a few of the other poker twitchers have actually really come on. And now you have to say they're top-class, which is which is interesting because in, instead of the poker viewers watching somebody who isn't very good at poker, but it's entertaining. Now people can actually watch somebody who who's both is very, very good at poker and is, is entertaining. So th- that's the first aspect I would say. Secondly, it's great to see Finton get the reward for the work he's put in because he has put in a tremendous amount of work, I know, away from the tables. Um, he's gone off and got coaching. He's, you know, he, he's been in the lab basically. So 
I think it's great that that is a great example for anybody out there that if you work really, really hard um, in the long term, you will get the rewards. Finally, I would like to say I believe that Fenton and uh, his lovely girlfriend moved back to Ireland briefly during the pandemic, found it far too expensive and had to move back to Malta. So hopefully they'll be able to afford to, to move back to Ireland now if they want. <laughs> Ireland is ridiculous. Man. I did meet him. He, it was mostly Internet issues, actually, in Ranelagh, of all places in Dublin, that he just couldn't get back online. It's why he was sort of not online for a month. And I, and I, uh, I know he was obviously trying to buy a house in Dublin. I'm sure he'll be buying a bigger one now. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're delighted for him. He actually followed up that result with the fourth place finish in the 2K PKO just a few days later for 50 grand. So nice little cherry on top of the already very nice cake he had won himself over the series. Uh, we are obviously delighted from here at the show. Rob Campbell, I want to bring you in on this because one, you can't play scoop because of the laws as they are now in Australia. And two, I want to know what you were going to interrupt me and say about how you know Fintan. Oh, look, yeah, we haven't been able to play scoop for, I don't know, whenever it became illegal. Um, and I never really played scoop either because it's horrific times. I don't want to wake up, you know, and <laughs> awful. Um, but I did play a bit of cash game during scoop. There was always some pretty good cash games, you know, obviously. Um, all right. Yeah. And about Finton. So this is interesting because it ties, ties into the story I was telling you earlier uh, about that French restaurant. So I've been <laughs> to that French restaurant. Oh, my God. And I'd enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it's true. This is really what you've done. And um, so I've come home and I've said to myself, I wouldn't mind watching some Twitch because um, I don't. I almost never watch Twitch. Like never, never, ever, ever. So I, what do I do? Oh, I watch Twitch for like Dota 2, but I never watch poker Twitch. But I just had this feeling I wanted to do poker. So I click it on and who was the number one streamer? Big shout out, your man Finton, right? And I remember because he was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He's got an Irish accent. You know, and I think I'd had two glasses of wine. Like I'm not drunk. And I just thought, you know what? I just want to give back to the community. I'll... If I feel like this guy makes a mistake, um, I'll review one of his hands for him, you know, because I've had a fair bit of high stakes uh, poker coaching from, you know, Kale Burns, um, you know, 100K level, like, you know, top world class. So I wrote to him, I said, after like, there was a five, five or six hands in, I, I wrote, I wrote, turn sizing is grim. You should like look to be potting or betting small there. So, you, and if you don't, you can shove river. And then I said, you know, go easy. I'm a first time Twitcher or something. And then I said, I don't want to upset you. Anyway, it takes a long time for him to get the chat. Five minutes later. You know, five minutes later, I get blocked. It's off the screen. Um, and I was like, what's going on? Why would he do this? Yeah. Um, well, and a bunch of guys complaining. Yeah. I, I, guys complaining in the chat. They're like, why would you kick that guy off? And he goes, well, he's a beginner you know, and he's talking to me, trying to tell me how to play hands. That advice was woeful. You know, I'm not going to listen to this beginners. People should be asking me the questions. And I'm thinking, Jesus, buddy, this was some serious advice. Like, you know, this is some really good players have told me to do this. Um, so, yeah, look, anyway, that's, but I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. And, and, you know, like I didn't care at all. Like I can understand. I'm sure he gets peanuts just saying all kinds of dumb stuff in the box nonstop all day. So he's just reading his like, Get out of here. Yeah. But really, it was me. It was me up to the French restaurant. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. See, the, t- the background here is that the Twitchers do have to put up, there's even a term for this. They're referred to as chat pros. They're the guys who play free roles, but know the, know the right thing to do in every spot. And um, every time you lose a hand, they tell you what you should have done differently. No, oh, you should have shoved the turn. He would have folded then or whatever. So it's, oh. it's always nonsense advice. So he can't see, he can't distinguish you from a sea of, of these people. And then suddenly, like this new name appears, telling him his turn sizing is grim, and he's like, "Oh God, this is another chat pro." I've well, he won the hand, right? I wasn't ragging; like I was just saying how we could have got more. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure he this episode, realize his mistake, unblock you, so that the next time you get semi drunk after a French meal, you can go back on his stream and and maybe offer him some further advice. Yeah, Pinto needs to be made aware that like. Rob is actually Rob has had coach, but he's he is aware now that Rob has had coach from Cale Burns. He's not just like a mixed game donkey who doesn't yeah. know anything about Hold'em. And also, no. Darryl, not only that, but he's actually been trained by DTO, which of course we use an awful lot as well. And who has we made that as one of the the best poker trainers out there? It's actually the best poker oh, trainer right. out there. And uh, and that's Dominic Nietzsche's brain and you know solvers going into all that technology. So maybe yeah. that's better than you and Kale. I don't know, Rob. I'm just look, saying. look. I don't don't lump kale in with me man like for all i know i could have been horribly wrong right i just remember looking at a stack going hmm and then just wanted to give a little bit of feedback like it could have been a travesty like i i'm maybe finson will even have the hand history and we'll we can have a big twitter fight about it but yeah, um would be nice. yeah i would love to see that follow-up that would you know be- whatever I'm just what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to hold this microphone up correctly. That's no, what and I, pre- I appreciate how ridiculous you look. It's absolutely insane how uh, you, you as somebody who has a podcast, don't have a standalone quality mic, and you're using what I assume are like earbuds with the little phone attachment to it. And this is actually you told us how you record your own show, so that's pathetic. Uh, we did during lockdown, but we actually have a studio because my partner Angus he works in Breakfast Radio. Oh, well, he's proper then. He's 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 the real deal. Yeah, anyway, look, we, so we, that we will, have, I promise. That a little... <laughs> I promise we will get back to your show because I am very keen to ask you. No, don't that. worry about it. I have one more. Yeah. I have one more. I have one more area. Oh, I think, right. Or maybe two yeah. before we get to that. Um, For sure. Dara, <laughs> Dara the, the, the thing I'm really keen to talk about now is series fatigue. It's a real thing. It has been an insane few months. The Unibet online series culminated with the Unibet Open. It feels like a month ago. That was solid three weeks of grind for us. Then straight into the Irish Poker Open. Then straight into a combination of Powerfest, GG Series, Ooh. Scoop. How much are you suffering from series fatigue and how much are you giving yourself a little break this week? Oh, I was going up the walls at the end of last week. I was literally counting down the days, telling my wife how many days it would be until she would actually see me properly rather than the, the last month where she'd just seen me get up, go into in, in, into the room and start playing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been mental with all the series. We did sort of slip into this, uh, you know, online poker almost became like live poker where it's, it's, it's built around series. So you go to a series, then you have a break, you go to another series, et cetera, et cetera. But now recently it seems like the breaks part isn't happening. As soon as one series ends, another one is starting. And actually there is another one starting this weekend. Um, I'm not going to mention it because it is one of our competitors, but you can literally play almost nonstop now if you want. Um, I wanted to take Monday off, but I ended up, uh, playing because I made a couple of two, day twos and then doing a, a doing a full session. So Tuesday was my first day off. I think in about seven weeks, maybe. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm taking three days off and then I'm going to go back playing again on Friday. Um, it's been real case of fatigue. I I've never actually felt as burned out as I did at the end of 
Sunday, actually. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to not having to play every day. Yeah, well, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't putting in the, the grind on the tables you were, but it, it just, it never stops these few weeks every year, I guess. And it just seems like in lockdown, that's been, you know, multiplied by, I don't know what. But anyway, look, it, it, it is nice that we now have a bit of time to focus on some content, like today. Uh, we obviously, in the middle of all of that, managed to get out our 100th episode, which was very well received. It starred Doug Polk, Annette O'Carroll and Ape Styles. And I'm delighted to say that a lot of warm uh, comments have come in which we appreciate anyone who took the time to send us a message we, we, we Sorry, before you go that. on also you forgot one name and also starred Brad Wilson who sent in the longest <laughs> question ever and I think took about up about 20 minutes of our show with his question yeah, no, that was very skillful by some of the uh, the phone-in uh, other podcasters who haven't been on the chip race. It's the cheek of him. He hasn't even been on as a proper guest, wants to try and dominate the show. But anyway, now, much love to Brad. We will have you on soon. I know we keep promising this, but, you know, someday we will actually do it. Um, I want to say as well, we han- managed to have a very successful uh, poker tournament on Unibet Poker, $100 PKO. Um, Euro. Euro PKO, sorry, Euro PKO, um, which uh, gave away loads of free prizes. It was to celebrate the, the, the 100th show. And one of those free prizes there was everyone who cashed got a copy of PKO Poker Strategy. Uh, you cashed and won a copy of your own book. Can you tell us what happened right after you got the email? Yeah, I woke, I, I woke up, I think it was yesterday, and I went on to check my email. And I got this uh, very official looking email from Andy Patton, our good friend who works in Unibet, saying you won a bonus prize. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. What, what, what have I won? So I opened up the email and it says, congratulations, as one of the cashers in the Chip Race 100th tournament, you have won um, an ebook version of PKO Poker Strategy by Darrow Kearney and uh, Barry. Very good. So, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm the first person ever to win a copy of their own book. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling, I have to say. I did put it immediately on Twitter. Um, and to my absolute delight, somebody <laughs> went to the trouble of typing in the link in the, from the screenshot and downloading the book before I could download it. So my, so my free book was stolen. Oh, somebody really, really <laughs> so badly. Your were, free book was stolen. That's yeah. So they, they were they were actually willing to. T- I, I said this to Josh Abadie, who we had on the show too, and Josh Abadie said I wouldn't do that for a million dollar prize. Type in every individual character into my browser. So you know. Fair play to the guy who did it for the for the ebook. That's worth seven dollars. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because when uh, Joe Hashin brought his book to our home game, he brought it ten copies, so one for everyone in the um, one for everyone in the game. And at the end of the game, somehow eleven copies were uh, still just there on the table. <laughs> People saw the opportunity to offer one person <laughs> stuck one back in. <laughs> nah, that's a joke. I, I've, I've got I've got the book I've got the book at home. Okay. Well, speaking of content creation, Rob, a couple of years ago, you've mentioned a few times now you launched your own podcast with uh, Angus O'Loughlin, yep. the Podker mm-hmm. podcast. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, you made a season yeah. of thirteen shows between November 2019 and March 2020. Twelve. Twelve. It's it's thirteen on my, my podcast special. thing. Twelve and a COVID special, like Christmas special, but it was COVID. COVID special. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah. And then yeah. you returned. What do you think of that name? Yeah, I didn't like the name. Never was a fan of the name of I have to be put on the spot now. But look, look, it's cl- look, it's a play on words. Yeah, yeah you could have done better. Anyway, um, last September. Uh, it wasn't me. Last September, you came back. And so far <laughs> in season two, you've put out eight shows. Congratulations on that. It's great mm. to be brought back for a second season it took us long enough to get to that place yeah. i will admit um, yeah. but it, it is a yeah. fantastic show and you're 
stand-up comedy roots shine through at all times. Rob, we often talk about how uh-huh. in the saturated poker podcast space, I'm going to read my question now because I'm getting too giddy with having you mm. on the show. You need a strong concept to stand out. What would you say is your strong concept? And can you talk us through how the show has developed over the last couple of years? <laughs> uh, strong concept. Have you heard the show? I have heard the show. Yeah, and no, that's why I really wanted an answer to this. <laughs> Basically, what we do, um, look, I, I, I don't think we've got some sort of secret uh, recipe. I think we're just doing, we, we, did, a, we did hand histories. Uh, you know, because we're really, we're aiming at, I think we aim at, uh, a demographic of players very different to most poker shows. We're really just going for the every person, you know, the person who plays the pub poker, person who plays with their family. That's really our, that's where we're aiming the hand histories at. Like we're mainly talking about Angus's hand histories. Only recently have we started to go a bit more in depth with those. Well, and, um, and then with the interviews, yeah, we did all the, you know, a lot of Australian guys. And then this year, we did uh, a lot more international guys. I mean, for me, I personally find interviewing is the really, uh, I find it very fun and more interesting for me. I really like to just to talk to people. Obviously I, I don't, when I'm interviewing, I try, I can't, I mean, I'm a bit more trying to be a bit more excitable in this interview. This is usually the level I'm at in my own, like, you know, because I, I'm more, I guess your role, the more stable, um, are you calling yeah, Tara I, unstable? <laughs> oh, he's good too. You're both good. <laughs> it's not a review. Um, you guys are one of the premier ones. Like, you know, you're a really great program. Um, but we're just, I, it, I, I feel it is really hard. I mean, I can understand. I, I see it as well in other shows where you're interviewing gamers. Um, getting something out of them. It's not always easy. And even when they're like really interesting and engaging on the table, once you've got them in the studio, sometimes it's like, oh, and then you, you think you're going to have this great story and then they go into it and then it just doesn't translate very well. And it's like, oh, this is a bit, and then they can drag on. Like they could be like me at the start of this show, like two jokes, lots of energy just sucks. Yeah. It was exactly right? what I was thinking. Um... Yeah. Right? <laughs> like it's, it's hard. It's really tough. It is tough. Um, you've had a lot of top line guests on, it, it must be said, particularly in the kind of latter half of those 21 shows. Jungleman, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Jackson Clare, Rainer Kempe, James Opst, Daniel Negranu, and Aussies Joe Hashem and your good pal Cale Burns. Any interviews out of yeah. them that particularly stood out for you? I mean, personally, I very, really enjoyed uh, interviewing uh, Dan Cates because I'm, I, you know, I'm friends with him. And he's just off the wall. And I felt like I was very proud of it because I felt like I could get a lot more out of him um, than uh, I think. I mean, I don't know what other people get out of him, but I just know that he's pretty. Even to get him on the show was so hard. I remember one, I was trying to get him on the show and I said, hey, Dan, you reckon you can do it on Monday? And he's like, I can't. I'm, uh, I'm looking at lions in Zanzibar. I'm like, is that the stupidest excuse I've ever heard? Like, just tell me you're washing your hair, man. And then I check his Instagram the next uh, next week, and there he is, petting lines in Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy? Anyway, so uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, it was great to get him on the on the program. 
Well, Dara, you actually booked Dan for us when we had him on, I want to say, about a year and a half ago. And you similarly had a, a, a tough time pinning him down. It was really, really difficult. Yeah. For, first of all, I want to say we the, the contact was made through Warren Losh, who has helped the show out a lot behind the scenes, getting that type of guests. Uh, he also got his Phil Helmet back in the day. Um, so shout out to Warren. But yeah, Dan, Dan was incredibly idiosyncratic, let's say, to deal with. First of all, it was very hard to pin him down on an exact day or time. I would say, like, how does Tuesday at four work? And he would say, maybe Tuesday four thirty is better. And I would say, okay, that we can make that work. And then he'd say, maybe four fifteen actually is better. <laughs> uh, we, we, we went. It'd back probably to- go, and it it'd be like four fifteen. So, we did eventually set a date and time, and then. Um, I remember it was a really weird time. It was like 5.22 or something. Uh, so it was very, very specific. Um, so we made sure we were there on time. We started the interview. It sounded like there was a lady singing opera right over his shoulder. <laughs> the sound quality was horrendous. So we asked him, like, Dan, what's the story here? We can't hear you. We could just hear this opera singing. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a cafe or something. I might need to move. So, so, so we said, yeah, could you could you please move down? Um, and he sent me a message saying, uh, yeah, ring me back in nine minutes. Again, very, very specific. Nine minutes. He worked out exactly how long it was going to take him to move. He was also very, very adamant that we had to ring him rather than the other way around because he didn't want to use his points, as he called it whatever that meant so we we did play along with that yeah so it was it was definitely one of the most eccentric idiosyncratic um setups yeah. but he was wonderful that, when we got him obviously it was it was amazing but we didn't have to pony up i think about like four dollars and 20 cents for the skype call or whatever yeah, that's right oh <laughs> right yeah oh that's what yeah that's what i mean i've heard that i mean dan is i mean that must have been a little while ago he i think he's getting more not like that every year i remember i heard stories back in the day there was a guy who had soap. I don't don't ask me why, but this is a guy had soap, and they were like watching television, and uh, you know, like soap, and it, you know, you could possibly mistake it as a chocolate bar, you know, because it's wrapped in the same sort of tin foil, and for whatever reason, Dan snatched it off the guy and unwrapped it and then bit into it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so. Through Jungle Man stories. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's when you want someone like Rob railing on Twitch going like, that was a bit grim. You might need to rethink your strategy there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Chat pro. Uh, that's a term. See, chat pro. Yeah, you need to change your Twitch handle now to chat pro Rob, Cap- Rob Campbell. <laughs> I've changed it enough times. I was Sonic Jacks 2019, and then I was trying to be Aussie Rob Poker, and then I was like, that's too much like Aussie Matt, you know? So I just want to be Rob C Poker now. Yeah. I, did, I did notice uh, when I was looking for your recent tweets that your name had changed, which brings me very neatly. See, that's a professional segue I just did there to a recent tweet of yours, Rob. Um, you tweeted, uh, while the bushfires, pandemic, market crash and lockdowns led to frustration and sadness, I feel the introspection and corresponding learning created an overall positive experience for 2020. So, you know, you tweeted that around New Year's and I guess it was striking that you were somebody clearly uh, maybe a, of a positive mindset generally who was looking for the, the silver linings, was looking for the opportunities in the pandemic and, you know, the situation that it created for most people being stuck maybe in one place or, or what have you. Can you elaborate on that and, and whether 2021 is sort of similar for you so far? Sure. It's very interesting uh, that you guys 
found that tweet. I didn't think anyone gave a toss about that one. No, they didn't. It had um, almost, I think it had no likes. I think I was the only person to ever read that, actually. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, in Australia, I think it was very... I don't know what it's been like for you guys over there, but we had, like, probably one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. We were, I was essentially... I was in the city, and for about seven months of last year, we weren't allowed to be more than five kilometres from our house, and we had a 9 p.m. curfew. Uh, it was to the point where you were only allowed outside or to exercise like one hour outside, right? So if you went, if I walked up to my local park, um, there was, you know, there was always, you know, the park is, you know, reasonably large. It's like, you know, about, let's say 10 football ovals, maybe in size or something. Um, there was always a patrol of two policemen walking around with two military officers, right? And you couldn't just be lingering. Like once I'd probably been in the park, you know, I'd been a bit naughty that day and I'd done three laps. So I might've been out for two hours and I was sitting on the chair and the policeman came over and he said, are you all right, mate? And I was like, you know, hmm. and then they, you know, they want to check up on you. I'm not saying like that's wrong or it's right, but I'm just saying like people who are aware that you've been outside a little bit too long and things like that. It was very strict. Um, so where am I going with this tale? Well, I think spending that much time pretty much on your own and in isolation and doing the same thing every day, which was, you know, being, I was doing a lot of, you know, work online work, but also I was spending a lot of time on my own exercising, that sort of stuff. Just gives you a lot of time to sort of think, um, you know, what you want to do in your life, things you might want to sort of sort out. But the big thing I got out of it was, streamlining my life um without going into too much detail like just trying to fix all that niggling crap that you haven't done and unfortunately i didn't get as much done as i would have liked but at least i have a good idea of what i want to do as well said i'm reminded now by at some level by a great tweet uh, from early on in the pandemic by our good pal Barney Boatman, who said something like, I've just discovered that all those books that I always wanted to read were books that I always wanted to read. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, we don't quite do do it all, but it's great that you did a decent chunk. And, and I get your point about streamlining, because, well, this is something Dara keeps reminding me of in a mean-spirited way, because Dara likes to poke fun at me. But he says to me that you, you do realise, David, that you know, b- before we went into lockdown and after we come out of lockdown, that basically sort of marks a very big turning point in your life as an uh, an adult. And basically, you your life's sort of over now. You have to become a domesticated creature. You probably won't be going out on the road anymore, which has made me feel very sad, because I am hoping to do some travelling when, when it all ends. But, but Dara, you, you have talked in a more serious way about just generally how uh, this opportunity to maybe reset our lives or sort of, you know, rebalance our lives means that like moving forward, a lot of people won't go straight back to the, the life choices they made before. They may keep some of the pandemic life as part and parcel of how they want to move forward. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, aspects to this. I have seen different people, people that I know, people that I work with, friends, etc., react very, very differently to the pandemic. And I'm hesitant to go too much into this because it sounds like I'm judging the people who've basically sat on the couch for the last 12 months and felt sorry for themselves. But um, certainly I have noticed a difference. For example, a lot of the recreational players that I coach, they have found other outlets um, to, uh, to, to to basically put their efforts into. And a lot of them have actually put a lot of effort into, into getting better at poker and, um, and, and also played a lot more online, which is something they never did. They tended to be live recreational players. 
And I do think it, one of the effects is we are going to see a lot of these people suddenly come back after when life comes back and they're going to be way better than they were before. It's going to be a huge shock, I think, to a lot of pros who maybe took this year off, the live pros particularly, and didn't play that much. Um, and they're going to suddenly face this new wave of players who actually have put in decent volume online, have studied, have watched lots of videos, etc. So, so, so I think that's one aspect to it. Um, uh, I mean, we, we had a phone conversation yesterday where you were talking about all the live stops you were going to go to. And, uh, and you said, Oh, I, I'm going to go back to doing what I was before. It's not so much the pandemic in your case. I think it's more the case that you now have a young son and you don't necessarily want to spend 32 weeks a year or whatever it was away. I'm kind of in a similar thing. I am looking forward to live poker coming back, but I don't want to go back to doing what I did before, which was traveling every month uh, to a live event. I have actually enjoyed the sort of pause and the period at home to do uh, do the stuff and I, I and people have asked me like how have you kept yourself occupied during the year non-poker people mostly and i've said this has actually been the busiest year of my life um mm. because the 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 live trips generally tend to act as a sort of a break for me where i go away and i you know i'm obviously still playing a bit of poker but you're one tabling so it's it's it, it's not as intensive yeah no i totally feel where you're coming from rob do you feel like you're gonna head out to the world series say assuming that that's going ahead and we'll no be we can't leave no, uh, you can't. You you can't leave in six months' time, or in whatever five Probably months' time. Not. I mean, I couldn't. I wanted to go with uh, Neon to the Singapore Major, which was like huge international tournament with like really strict uh, health regulations, you know, because Singapore and I didn't get approval. Oh, wow. um, and I definitely don't. I mean, we're not even allowed to. We couldn't have state lockdowns. I I had never no idea that states were this powerful in Australia. Like we can have just statewide lockdowns, like. You know, like 48 hours notice and things like that. And then and it's happened multiple times. Um, but I'll, I'll be going on my first trip um, in mid-May. I'll be going, you know, hopefully, no outbreaks uh, to WPT Gold Coast. Um, but other than that, like, no, I don't, I don't think it's realistic that I'd be going to the World Series of Poker this year. Um, possibly, but look, I'm not holding my breath. But on that, what uh, um, Dara did say about recreational players improving... Um, definitely. I've seen that myself, you know, because I, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about this many times, but like, I think people, recreational players, especially at like, you know, high stakes, they're usually pretty switched on guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're playing for fun and they're not. And if they decide, Oh, I'm going to put a little bit of effort into getting better. They usually get better pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that with myself uh now in, in my the games i play in like and it's a real thing and if these got if these pros or whatever they're doing if they're like being lazy yeah i think they are you're 100 on the money they're in for a rude awakening yeah i'm reminded too i i did want to give a shout out to our mutual friend actually jan sukanik uh great guy and i know jan loves his shout outs so yeah this is your uh, monthly <laughs> shout out on the lock-in but i famous for these <laughs> shout outs yet I did actually want to say, uh, I'm, I'm impressed how fit Rob looks. The last time I saw Rob in person, I think he was eating a hot dog in the company of Jan, or at least Jan was eating the hot dog. Uh, oh, we ate a lot of hot dogs, Jan and I. World Series of poker. In, in the Rio at the World Series. I'm, I'm sad to hear you're not this going. This is the I, euphemism I, now, is it? This is the, these well, are real hot dogs we're talking about, just to Well, I can remember, I can remember we ate so many hot dogs at the World Series of Poker in 2019 that when we discovered there was another hot dog vendor in the cash game area of the Rio and they had like 
pickles, we were like literally jubilant for at least two hours. And we went there nonstop. And we took pictures of the hot dogs with different sauce designs. Okay, that's far. Said- that, that's plenty of hot dog pickle talk. Dara, I think you had a point. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry, what did you say, David? Yeah, I think you were going to make a point that Jan had said something inspirational or maybe mildly amusing. No. no. When has Jan ever said anything? <laughs> It was only a reference to it was only to bring us back to the hot dog story. Okay. He's just I a nice guy. No, I'm just I'm I, I just thought of Jan because my that the last time I saw Rob, he was literally standing. I think beside that Oh, that that's one. right. Yeah, I was looking bad. No, I'm fit because I'm training for a boxing fight. Ooh. Uh, an okay, amateur box. Oh, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you how this started, right? Now I I didn't think we were gonna keep on talking. How much do we have too much time? I'll try and be fast. It's open-ended. Uh, so basically, right, so we're at the, I'm playing with a private game and it's the end of the session, you know, let's say just 2, 3 a.m., right? So I walk out of the bathroom and as you do, I've done boxing back in the day. I, I punch in the air, you know, a few shadow boxes. And this big Italian bloke says to me, those are shit punches. They got <laughs> nothing on them. And I'm thinking, it's 3 a.m., I'm punching after I came out of the urinal. Who gives a fuck? I mean, you know, and I turned to him, I go, well, it, look, it looks like we may have lost Rob. He was saying he had one bar at the beginning. So uh, maybe that one bar has slipped away. Uh, or maybe we just, Darrow, might, might we have just pushed it too far here and, uh, and you know, try, allowed Rob one more indulgent story and the internet decided that now that's enough. We've had enough of him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe there is like an unseen, unknown internet moderator who's just who. In the same way that that Rob got banned uh, on Twitch for saying something sensible to Fenton. Um, I mean, maybe the irony here is this, this was actually going to be the best story, and similarly, well, I mean, we had this before. Obviously, Gareth Chandra just completely disappeared. We believed he was probably kidnapped at the end of the lock-in. And now he's completely gone. So <laughs> We hope that he's going to call back into the show. But look, in case he doesn't, what we will do is, because we're professionals on this show, is we're going to segue seamlessly to your strategy, Nugget Dara. The good news is you don't have Chat Pro to start shouting about how your strategy is shit and you're wrong. So that's a good thing. Uh, and now without Rob Campbell's interruptions, Dara, uh, you may present your strategy Nugget of the Week. Yeah, I, I must admit, because I'm straight out of bed, not a massive amount of preparation has gone into this. So I'm literally just going to read my response to a question I was asked on Twitter. Uh, somebody was playing, and, and, and Rob is going to be back by the way at the end of this strategy segment. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter, they said that they had qualified for a, a WSOP main event satellite, which was a sort of a result of doing well in the league. And the satellite is unusual in that they start really, really deep, 333 big blinds deep and slow levels, 15 minutes. So he he said, like, as an on player who's not used to playing with more than 100 big blinds, what sort of adjustments should you be making early on in a satellite, uh, given those um, circumstances? So my advice was play very, very tight early on. That will not only keep you out of trouble, but when, when the sacks are deep, but also set up the tight image to maximize fold equity when the shove phase starts. In terms of the hands you do play early on, focus on hands that make the nuts a lot, like ASEC suited and Jack-10 suited, and stay away from small pairs that can get set over setted and easily dominated offsuit hands that can make costly second-best hands. 
Yeah, great advice. I, I think that's a, a really good general lesson. Obviously, some people go the other way when they're really, really deep. They think, oh, I've got chips to splash around with now. I think that's the biggest mistake people make. Yeah. yeah, They think they can get away with playing anything, which might be true if you're Caleb Burns or you, you, you play incredibly well post-flop. But for the average tournament donk who never has more than 100 big blinds, that is literally a recipe for disaster. Yeah, the, the opportunity to make sort of 80 big blind mistakes on the river is very clear and present danger there. And uh, no, that's a, it's, a, it's a lovely, succinct nugget, but that's, that's great advice. We uh, have Rob Campbell back. Uh, we believe he is back and he will be able to continue his story uh, yep. where he left off. Go for it, Rob. I would have just chimed in with a little bit of advice on that bit too. You said like oh, you're playing ultra deep satellites. Yeah. Shouldn't you just be a little bit looser when you're in late position and really tight in early position? It's, it's pretty good sound stuff. I think that's good advice if you're Rob Campbell. Um, but if okay, you're, okay, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, I'll go back to my fighting story. Who might make oh, right. a mistake on that post-flop, probably not so good. Cool ghouls, cool ghouls. All right, so basically I've come out of there and the guy's criticized my shadow boxing technique. And he's a larger man. Like, he's pretty big. I'd say he's, he's, he's not healthiest. And I said, you, you don't have a minute in you. I said, and he goes, I'll give you a, and he said, and he's probably got a, he's probably 170 kilograms. So he's about hundred kilograms larger than me. And he said, I'll give you a flogging. And I said, come on, man, that's enough of that. Anyway. So I go home. I see him the next week. I'm sitting in the one seat and uh, I'm playing poker. And he says, and he, says to me he says get out of that seat rob i want to play some poker and i don't know i wasn't he's a lot bigger than me but i wasn't having a bar of it that day and i said how about you sit behind me and learn how to play poker right? he didn't like that so then he comes over and he leans over to me he leans over in my ear and he says i i don't know it's just something i can't remember and then i said please mate come on give it a rest and then he said i'll beat you with one hand and I said, which hand? And he said, you choose. And I said, fine, your left hand. And then he said, done. And I said, three two-minute rounds, June 30th. So that's, what <laughs> that's what I'm training for. And that's how it is. That's what's happening. Does his hand get tied behind his back? How does it get wrapped? No, no, no. When, you know, it's not, for protection. Not savages. He's, he's allowed to defend with it. He's yeah. allowed to defend with it. Look, but it's all in good spirits. Yeah, I've I've exaggerated the animosity of, of the fight. We're 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 good. We're friends, you know. Like, um, and it, it can't go too far, right? It's going to be, you know. What what the southpaw is just going to catch you early, and that's the end of it, is it? I, I mean, I, I I guess that that's what he thinks. Yeah, that's what he thinks. He thinks he's got a great. He said, "This is what he said, quote unquote." I'm the fastest fat man you've ever seen. <laughs> It's Will the George Foreman. Yeah. Live streamed on Twitch. <laughs> it's the George no, Foreman. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, George. I, 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 I don't. So, yeah, I mean, look, that's why I'm probably looking a bit fitter. Um, you know, I'm basically, I mean, I don't know how many punches in the head I can take from a man of this size. Um, I can't imagine many. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darren, but, but Darren, you're being very kind there. You, you were about to, to give a little anecdote about how he was like Cassius Clay, I think. Uh, well, well, no, actually, George Foreman famously, uh, George Foreman had one of the most bizarre careers ever. He he came on the scene. He absolutely dominated. He 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 knocked out all the top level fighters in one or two rounds. Then he f lost the famous rumble in the jungle to 
Muhammad Ali, who was believed to be well past his prime at that point, um, one of the biggest upsets of all time. George then essentially retired prematurely in his mid-20s, came back in his 40s and won the world title again uh, in his late 40s because he basically was just a huge man and he always had that puncher's chance. He just had to land one punch cleanly and the guy would go down. And that's essentially how he won the title. So I think you're being very optimistic, Rob, if you think you can survive even one punch from a, from a much bigger man. Um, oh, I'm not deluded at all. Like, I know it's going to hurt a lot. Like, one, one jab from this guy, it's going to be a big jab. Yeah. And try, my plan is not to receive it. Yeah, that's the best plan. <laughs> Where can the casual <laughs> poker viewer uh, tune in to watch you be? Nah, nah. You can't. There's none can't like look i'm training for it i'm ex- I, it's really just an exercise in getting healthy i mean it's probably it's not going to be one of these it's not one of the it's no nah, it's not going to be like that it's not a serious event like um you know that alky sort of stuff was olivia boost you know, jesse alvarez yeah that that was a proper you know that was serious business this is just two australians being a bit silly Okay. Well, well, on that sort of ominous note, well, we obviously do hope to have you back on the show uh, healthy uh, at some point. Oh, um, look, but, everyone will be all right. But I, ha- I have to do my, my, my usual thing here of uh, keeping the lights on with a little advertisement for our sponsor, Unibet Poker, who have announced the biggest, actually, mm-hmm. it's really exciting, the biggest actual tournament that they're going to ever have on their uh, regular schedule. It will be a monthly tournament, the 40K Super Moon. 250 buy-in, progressive knockout, two-dayer, Darren. Not dissimilar from the structure we created for the um, chip race, 100 PKO. It will run monthly, first uh, Sunday of the month. And it will begin on the first, uh, sorry, no, on the 2nd of May. Don't tune in the 1st of May, it won't be there. 2nd of May uh, will be the first one. And then every first Sunday of the month after that, it should be a bit of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've already satellited into it, so I'll definitely be playing uh, on Sunday. Um it's, a, it's going to be a really good structure. Uh, again, one of the things we've seen change over the course of the pandemic is there are more of these sort of like really well-structured Sunday tournaments that are now two or three-day events, again, similar to a live event, uh, rather than all being done and dusted in the same night. Um, so, yeah, this is a very good structure, which does reward sort of um, the more skilled players. Great. So, yes, I've also uh, satellited into it, and it's a fantastic structure. <laughs> thank, thank you Rob for, for playing Rob, along and uh, before we go I do also <laughs> want to echo what David said we wish Rob the very best of luck in his boxing fight but if you know worst comes to the worst oh, let's not focus on that like I'm a person no if the worst comes to the worst rest assured we will put out a very very tasteful clickbaity highlights reel with this with some with some really mournful music <laughs> going rob campbell r.i.p with <laughs> find out whatever day you were born and you know, you've told <laughs> the day you're gonna die now so yeah I'm gonna, go on, I'm gonna go on twitter and write a tweet that says rob campbell you're a good guy smiley face and i'm gonna delete the smiley face and just leave it as it is oh yeah nice that's the edit function yeah look guys it's not a super it's not going to be that kind of i'll be okay <laughs> on that note <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining no us. No problems, guys. Thanks. Darrow Carney, thanks as usual. Yeah, we have All right, thanks, we, guys. We have our perfect last clip for the, the Rob Campbell in memoriam tribute. Rob just going, Yeah, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs>